0: Chapter 5 of the Silver Bear. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Silver Bear by Edna Adelaide Brown. Chapter 5 Stars and Things. When the picnic cars reached Westmore that evening, Mr. Merrill was in the square to meet them quite a few fathers had come downtown because the party was later than expected and the mothers were beginning to wonder what had happened lucy and dora were glad to see their father they said good-bye to miss page and the other girls and then each took one of his hands and skipped along beside him even after an all-day picnic they were not too tired to skip when they reached the brown cottage Mrs. Merrill and Uncle Dan were sitting out in the backyard enjoying the long June twilight. Well, did you have a nice time? asked their mother. And why are you so late? I thought the cars were to start back at half-past five. People didn't come, explained Lucy, putting down her hat and sweater and settling herself on her father's knee. Dora had already climbed into Uncle Dan's lap. She and Uncle Dan were great friends. Then said lucy after everybody was supposed to be on the car and we had started mrs carroll found that two of her boys weren't there so we had to stop and call they answered and after a while they came through the woods mr thorne said everybody must stay on the cars till we were counted some of the teachers didn't go so there were some children who didn't have anybody to see that they came back i wish you had gone mother i couldn't said mrs merrill my kitchen stove was so gummed up that I didn't have grace enough to use it any longer without a thorough cleaning. I wish Uncle Dan had come, said Dora. Uncle Dan had other fish to fry, said their young uncle. Fish? repeated Lucy, who always thought Uncle Dan meant exactly what he said. Sure, said Uncle Dan. That's why your mother had to clean the stove. Mrs. Merrill sniffed. Dan, she said. I wish you content yourself with talking so the children could understand you. You understand, don't you, Dora? asked Uncle Dan. Dora smiled sleepily. Uncle Dan never puzzled her as he did Lucy. She understood him very well. There were cows walking in the water, she confided, and over the rushes a lot of sewing machines were flying around. Sewing machines? exclaimed Mrs. Merrill. is the child talking about that's right said uncle dan i've often seen the air black with them for goodness sake dan said his sister you're the worst boy i ever saw molly you brought me up said uncle dan tickling dora to make her squeal it's a lot to be responsible for said mrs Merrill. what do you and dora mean with your sewing machines just big flies with lace wings explained lucy i guess it was darning needles said dora the man called them something funny oh said mrs merrill and then she laughed sewing machines is good enough for us isn't it dora asked uncle dan like the thunderbugs over there in the grass dora smiled this was a favorite joke of her uncle's once when she was a very little girl he had told her that the fireflies were lightning bugs and she mistook the name what did you spend your money for asked mrs merrill candy yes said lucy i bought candy but i gave part to dora and the others dora gave all her money to the three little baker boys their teacher wasn't with them and they wanted so much to go on the motorboat around the lake dora thought she'd like them to know how nice it was i knew dora would find a use for that quarter said mr merrill uncle dan patted her head mrs carroll had a lady with her said lucy not a lady who lives in westmore but somebody from far away she kept looking at dora and looking at her and then she asked what her name was and after that she asked what mother's name was before she was married i said it was mary syme mrs merrill gave a little exclamation what did the lady say then she asked quite sharply nothing said lucy only that dora reminded her of somebody molly said mr merrill it's time these children went to bed they've had a hard day yes they must go said their mother dan you put dora down half her teasing to stay is because you keep her uncle dan always pretended to be terribly afraid of his sister he set dora on her feet at once hustle he said she'll have my scalp if you aren't in bed in five minutes nonsense said mrs merrill they must both have a bath lucy you are quicker than dora get undressed and see if he can be down by the time i fill the tub does either of you want any supper lucy said she didn't i'm not hungry said dora but i think there's a grasshopper down my back i sort of feel it hopping i hope not said her mother grasshopper stains are dreadful to get out of white clothes mrs merrill followed lucy into the house but dora forgetting the grasshopper lingered a moment leaning against her uncle's shoulder and looking up at the stars. She loved Uncle Dan dearly. He had been only seventeen when Lucy's chariot of fire brought Dora to them four years ago. Of course, he was quite grown up now, but Mrs. Merrill treated him as though he was still the motherless little brother she had taken care of since he was a baby. Uncle Dan pretended he did not like this, but Dora knew he did she looked up at the soft sky where specks of gold were beginning to show the sky was still blue and tonight the stars looked blue also did you know the stars have names uncle dan she asked miss page told me so what is the name of this big one overhead uncle dan looked up couldn't say he replied but i'll find out dora i'll find out even if i have to ask a policeman dora laughed and hugged him for good night she knew a way better than that in the children's corner at the westmore public library was a book about the stars that would be easier than asking a fat policeman who was supposed to be on duty merely during the day it was not probable he would want to be bothered about things that showed only at night when dora went uncle dan and father merrill were left alone in the coolness of the backyard i wonder said mr merrill who that lady was i should let that alone replied dan only said mr merrill thinking aloud it wouldn't be right to let slip anything that might be to dora's advantage dan grunted dora comes of nice people said mr merrill slowly she has pretty notions and ideas and a kind of bright way of looking at things she's quick at her books too i can't see that she needs any more than she's likely to have growled dan if her people have money they could do more for her than i ever can they couldn't love her any more than you and molly have done all these years and that's what counts to a little child said dan shortly The trouble is that she isn't going to stay a child. Of course, she's like my own, and anything I do for one shall be done for both, but there's another side to it. What about the people she really belongs to? From their point of view, it isn't right to lose any chance of finding them. Oh, you do as you like," said Dan, getting up and turning toward the gate. Dora's happy here. She may not be if you rake up her relations if she's got any the gate shut behind dan and mr merrill sat in the dark until he heard his wife come downstairs then he went into the house mrs merrill was in her bedroom looking into a box she had taken from the closet when her husband saw what she was doing he knew that she was troubled for the box contained the clothes dora wore when she came to them that day in the big automobile but as Mr. Merrill came in, his wife put everything back again. "'Dora is ours,' she said, just as though Mr. Merrill said she wasn't, and this was unfair, for he had not spoken one word. "'We adopted her by law, and no law can take her away.' "'No law of man,' agreed Mr. Merrill, "'but it might not be right to keep her if her folks did turn up and could do more for her than we can.' i can teach her to cook and sew and keep house and tell the truth and behave like a self-respecting girl said mrs merrill you can give her good food and an education through the high school lucy loves her like a sister and i don't blame lucy one mite for what she said about my name the child never thinks of dora not being her sister dora will have all the chance to grow up in a clean decent home that any child needs and you better let well enough alone so dan said observed mr merrill dan said molly merrill is daffy over dora he thinks the sun rises and sets for that child his judgment concerning her isn't worth a pin if dora isn't completely spoiled it won't be dan's fault no it won't agreed mr merrill but you think it over molly it couldn't do any harm to find out what this lady who was with mrs carroll meant she didn't mean anything declared his wife any more than any child may remind you of somebody you know we never made any secret of dora's coming and we tried hard enough then to find her a family mrs carroll knows that we might as well go to bed i expect before morning one or both of the children will be sick there's no accounting for the stuff they eat on a picnic well said mr merrill taking off his coat I've known people to eat considerable trash and still live. Put the cat out, said Mrs. Merrill, and leave the door unlocked for Dan. I shan't sleep till I know he's in, and I'll lock it when he comes. End of chapter 5